0: Well, well, well. Burnley drive Conte to the door and United crawl out the dustbin in Madrid. Welcome along to the Football Ramble. It's Thursday, the 24th of February. I'm Jules Brute.
1: I'm Andy Brassel. And I'm de Hunter Raja.
0: Welcome along, ladies and gentlemen, to this midweek Thursday ramble, and it's good to see you, Vish and Andy. Vish,
1: I feel like I'm uh, I'm cameo smiling at me. Well, just I feel like I'm, um, you know, in a cameo, like a cross um, pollination cameo for the um, Jules and Andy show. <laughs> when
2: when you said cameo, I was thinking, has Pete paid you to be here? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I could... Are you on Cameo Jules?
0: I actually got asked to be on that. No way. I did. I didn't reply. I should. Should I?
1: Yeah, but like, what is the... Because Cameo is like birthday messages and stuff like that. What if yeah. you want to like really scare someone? <laughs> you know, like if you if someone owes you money and you're like, you can get a message from Jules Breach. <laughs> <laughs> to be
0: fair, me and your mum could team up and do them together after yesterday you tipped her to be a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I said
1: she had it in her. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I've, I've seen how she wields a slipper. I know she could do damage. I, I,
2: I could just imagine sort of like, you know, my finger hovering over the phone. Do I choose Jules and Vicious Mum or do I choose Duncan <laughs> ferguson yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah exactly
0: that would be yeah. lethal any kind
1: it? of like scary inspiration i <laughs> reckon yeah yeah Speaking of
0: scary, Vish, scary (laughs) night for your boys last night out in Madrid. Uh, Let's talk Champions League first because there was a load of football last night and between the three of us, I think we've just about covered everything. So we're going to try and rattle through all of the Premier League games and what we saw in the Champions League last night, which is exactly where we're starting. Um, Vish, it was a bit of a lucky escape for your lot. 1-1 against Atletico Madrid.
1: Yeah, I, I... You know, they often say it's a smash and grab when you've like, you know, score a late winner. But this felt the most smash and grab draw I've ever watched. <laughs> it was United... more of
0: a smashing of Man United, I reckon.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it was, it was, it was, and the grabbing was United were falling off a cliff and they grabbed Atletico Madrid and took them down with them. It was <laughs> yes. so, they were so bad. I know, like, it, it certainly wasn't the worst result they've had this season.
0: Not but the worst it, result, but was it the worst performance? I,
1: I think it might be, certainly from certain individuals. Bruno Fernandes, I know he assisted the equaliser in the end, but I've never seen him play so badly. And it's one thing when he's played badly before and he's playing, you know, he's just unre- he's just relentless with his... Um, know the hero ball that people talk about and trying to hit like these worldy through mm. balls. But this was some of the mistakes he was making were just academic, just you know, a, a side foot passes to people who are as far away from him as you are from me now and just getting them totally wrong. And I know Athletico do deserve credit. I feel like they had United in a bit of a chokehold, especially midfield. First
0: and half particularly I Yeah. think
1: yeah, K- Kondogbia, first half. Kondogbia I was very surprised by he was um, he was outstanding I thought.
2: Yeah it's funny I someone said to me while I was co-commentating it, United are very easy to press. And I thought that that is that, that was completely true, actually. Yeah. I just remember this point in the first half where Ronaldo is so isolated that he came to what 10 yards outside his own penalty area to get the ball? Yes, he did, yeah. And, and like yeah. if you're if you're Atletico or any team that's playing United for that matter, and you see Ronaldo in that position, or you see Paul Pogba in the center circle. It's like, great. Stay there.
1: Yeah. Do you know what it looked like? Because he um you know, pre- previously Ronaldo might have done that and been able to like then join a counter attack that he offloads in but the way can't that go ha- back up the pitch. The, yeah, in the way yeah, that Harry Kane yeah. does. It reminds me of like back in the day when my grandma, God bless her, was still around, whenever we'd go to leave a party, because it took her ages to put her shoes on, <laughs> she would go half an hour early to the door. And it was a bit like... we. So we'd give her half an hour warning and it felt like watching Ronaldo, a bit like, look, we're going to get a counter-attack in about 20 minutes. Just make your way up there now and hopefully get on the end of it.
0: Oh, you know what? I think Atleti surprised me yesterday, Andy. I don't watch them as often as I'm sure you do, but... From what I have seen of them this season and from all the statistics heading into the game, I wasn't expecting a great deal. I was expecting them to be a bit weak at the back mm. um, and I wasn't expecting them to attack as, as well as they did. And I, and I know it, it's a cup game and it's Diego Simeone and they're at home and all of that, but they surprised me actually.
2: Yeah, I, I think the way that Simeone thought around their issues was very impressive because... That they used to be great, especially in a Champions League context, at defending their own penalty area. Mm. Now, Real Madrid can do that. Atletico can't anymore. And that is what's turned in Old Black into a nervous wreck, <laughs> which I'm sure we'll come to in a minute. But what they did is when they were more 4 4 2 in the first half, and it sort of morphed yeah. into a 5-3-2 uh, as, as, as the game got later, and I, I think that's kind of where they lost the thread. It's like, well, our defence on its own can't defend its own box. So if we stick another four in front of them, United have got to get beyond that. Anytime United did get beyond that, which was very rarely, and the defence was exposed, Atleti, I thought, still looked a little bit vulnerable, mm. but United didn't play the ball quickly enough no. and didn't have enough ideas in midfield to, to make the most of that. So I felt that Atleti provided like a nice little workaround for the fact that they really can't defend anymore. They defended more... Collectively, which I suppose teams are meant to do anyway. Um, but the, the way they did that, I think, was, was pretty good and really helped them in the first half. But you can tell that they're like United. We talked about it before. Both of these teams have got an incredible amount of talented players, are so far off where they want to be. Mm. And losing this tie and not making the top 4 are their parallels of complete ruin for this season.
1: Yeah. Right. So
2: I I think that's that's why there's this added layer of tension to it because yeah. they're so far off so off where like they it. should be. And I think that's what happened to Atletico in the second half. Like don't get me wrong, Rangnick I think made some sensible changes and I think Matic made a big difference, for example, when he, when, he, when he came on because it made them less vulnerable to the counter-attack. And, you know, they didn't go all out, did they? But they started pushing up the pitch and started yeah. creating a few, a few little bits because they hadn't troubled Oblak at, at, at all. But I just got the impression that after such a brilliant first 45 minutes, because I, I don't think I've seen Atletico play that well in a first half all season, I didn't believe they could go on and win it. That's Or they didn't believe they could go on and score the second and third goal. And that's that's what did them. United took an opportunity that opened up to them, I think.
1: That's interesting you say that because <clears throat> I was fearing the worst after that first half. And certainly the way Atletico started the second, I thought, right, this could be three here. And then even before the Alanga goal, I was really surprised at how easily a terrible United were able to puncture Atletico's self-confidence. Yeah. Museu Conga tweeted during the first half that um, an Atletico Madrid, with just one thing left to play, is the most dangerous Atletico Madrid. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, I kind of felt that, and it—you it mm. know—the atmosphere was incredible as well, as, as I'm it sure was. it
2: often is for those big games. But you don't often get that flying out of the telly, that kind of atmosphere. Yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. You? Amazing, it feels doesn't it? something, doesn't mm, it? Yeah.
0: Especially when that goal went in, the Atleti goal. We How haven't I even spoken it? about. I know what a header, by the way. I mean, this goal for me was just. It was amazing. I wanted to keep watching it over and over again. It was annoying
1: when they kept showing the replay, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, The
0: hang time that he gets in the air. And I was actually like thinking, how tall is he? Because on the pitch, he doesn't look that big, but that's probably because he was up against quite a big United defence. Um, and he he isn't that so he's five eleven I think and and you forget he's only we'll 20. tell you that he's only twenty he's <laughs> uh, yeah well, I know you would um, uh, still a bit too small for me I'm afraid uh, <laughs> um, but he's only twenty two years old you forget how young he is because it feels like he's been really good for quite a long time yeah
2: and it, uh, because of the way he looks as you were saying Jules from a distance and when when he's on the pitch and when he's on the ball and he picks it up forty meters from goal people think baby Kaká. Yeah. But the interesting thing about him, I said last night, actually, that he's, a, he's an elite number 10 and an elite number nine in the same body. <laughs> he scored a lot of those kind of goals for Benfica. And Atletico simply haven't twigged. I find it remarkable, really, that you spend that much money on a player. I mean, football's full of it, isn't it? Spending a fortune on a player and then not really having an idea on how you're going to use him. I mean, <laughs> those, are two, those are two teams, playing each other,
1: who do, uh, who do that. Who, yeah. do, who do that a lot. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's, it's why there's such a mulch of talent without the focus, really, isn't it? Yeah. But I, th- I think Joao Felix is, is an elite number nine.
0: What about Elanga's goal? I'm actually really happy for him because he's been given an opportunity this season and he's really taking it.
1: Yeah, if if you look at a lot of the problems we spoke about for United, where they were quite ponderous at the back and just losing the ball in midfield, a lot of that stems from the fact that there was so little movement up front because mm. no one was creating you know, options to pass through or creating space that has a knock-on effect to everyone you know, behind them. And Alanga came on and he just ran, didn't he? He just stretched the play a bit. And I love the fact that he, um, in his post-match interview, interview on BT, the, um, whoever was interviewing was like, oh, you know, you've done very well when you when you come on and certainly in this game and scoring so early and Lang was like, well, yeah, it was my first touch. <laughs> Just so much self-confidence and I think he he also went on to say that when he, when he gets brought on in these situations, he feels like he belongs and he wants to be one of the best players on the pitch. It was funny, actually. I think oblack was expecting a first touch. He wasn't expecting a yeah, first touch. Yeah, that's, touch that's the, shot. the point. Because
2: yeah. when the ball comes in and you know, we were talking about if you break that midfield line, of Atletico. though really disorganized when the ball went through. Ranildo's on the stretch for the pass. And that is the one thing I would say about Bruno Fernandes. By his standards, he had an awful game. But he keeps trying stuff. Yeah. Even when it's going badly. And that pass, which shouldn't have come off, mm. ended up being the assist in the end. And I think if you're Oblak, you're thinking, this guy's clean through. I'm going to set myself. And he actually just like catches him off balance and rolls it straight is it's actually a really terrific finish Yeah, even though it looks like nothing special and it is as if Old Black sold himself a little bit I think.
1: Yeah, I mean Old Black does make it look worse <laughs> and, and there's an element of like you You, you feel cheated as the it. person
2: who struck the ball you know it's like if you rattle yes, one yeah. in from 40 yards and it's like can you do me a cosmetic dive? I know yeah. you're not going to save it yeah. but
1: yeah. don't get fingertips on it but just get near it <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. it
0: was a proper bout in the second half as well eight mm. yellow cards got feisty didn't it i
1: was surprised someone didn't get sent off
2: it didn't feel that dirty or maybe i've just watched too much atletico
0: <laughs> yeah i think that's yeah. probably you've watched them a lot more than us
1: yeah i wonder if the referee went into it being like right there's these these it's going to be quite a niggly game because i thought he held his patience quite well and because of that i i thought there'd be a few more standoffs than there were Mm. And they might be in the second leg, but um, I
0: thought
1: he he kept a lid on it pretty well, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, it's in the balance as we head into that second leg at Old Trafford in a couple of weeks' time, as is the other game from last night, Benfica-Ajax. And because there's this banishing of the away goal rule, which, by the way, I'm fully against, um, Benfica-Ajax ended a 2 all draw. Andy, I know you had a close eye on this one, so Mm. fill us in on what the highlights were, really. Well, Alair scoring again, but at the wrong end of the pitch.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, and uh, he's so greedy for Champions League goals. <laughs> he got one. At, he got one at both ends. It's, it's funny. Every time I see him, and obviously he's having a phenomenal season. I think in this of all seasons, if West Ham had held on to him, would they be in the top four? Yeah, I, I think it's difficult not to say yes isn't
1: it? But I suppose the reason for this um, upturn in form has been the change of scenery and playing in a different system he's very and su- feeling a bit more loved, isn't it? So. Oh,
2: 100%. I mean, he's, he's very suited to, to Ajax as well. Mm. I mean, you know, I always say that. That's about, quite a cool thing to say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's
1: very suited to Ajax. Yeah. yeah. he looks good in the suit. Like, you'd take Definitely.
2: that, wouldn't you? Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I think about when I, I see Ajax at the moment, and Dusan Tadic had a, another terrific game as he always does, uh, scored the opening goal when when i did at the match uh for ajax versus real madrid and me and um sam smith went over there I got a Dusan Tadic mug from the shop. I can't find it since i oh, moved house.
0: Oh, no. I've still got the Christmas decoration you got me from Dortmund. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, magnificent. I keep my presents.
1: I'm going to Ibrox today. Does anyone want anything from there?
0: Yes, please. A mug or? Yeah. yeah. I'm sure they've got some knockoff Stephen Gerrard t-shirts. You can bring one back for me. They're probably all in a sale now. Bargain bin. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's like my first year at university was about six months after Newcastle had sold Andy Cole. It was one of the like staples for skin students. One ninety nine Andy Cole t shirt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, interestingly, you mentioned about Allaire and the West Ham connection. Um, because he spoke about it yesterday, he said that he, it got to a point with David Moyes where it felt like they were trapped together. But he actually doesn't blame him. He says, "I actually wasn't the striker he needed," and I think that's actually a really good point. Is yeah. that he just didn't fit the way West Ham wanted to play? But I think this has been a problem for West Ham because the only person they have. Is Antonio, and now we're we're seeing them struggle for it. Who
2: do we think is better at totally devaluing and ruining strikers? Is it West Ham or is it Chelsea?
0: Chelsea. Oh, it's got to be Chelsea, yeah. Definitely
2: Chelsea. Oh no, their strikers are just more expensive. I said, (laughs) who's better at
1: ruining strikers?
0: (laughs) Well, how, how Brighton It'd <laughs> 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 be good if we got one
1: Yeah actually You take that
0: um, Right back to the Benfica Ajax game um, And Andy yeah, I know you're going to Talk a lot more about it On OTC Later on today With the team um, But one of the other Highlights from it was Nicholas Otamendi Had to wear a swimming cap After a clash of heads During the game That's yeah. a new one
2: It's uh, what they call Portuguese best practice <laughs> Is, yeah, is uh, pr- preferred to the bandage. That's often. interesting. Yeah, isn't it? instead of a net, you get a you know one of those nets. You get a, yeah. a, a, a swimming cap.
1: That would be quite funny if he busted his nose as well and had to have because um, you know they sh- use tampons um,
0: oh God. up people's
1: noses. <laughs> you you right? do know this for bloody noses, yeah?
0: No, but do they actually? Yeah, yeah, well, genuinely. They yeah. take the string out. Yeah. <laughs> actually,
1: sometimes they don't.
0: Oh, don't. Yeah,
1: no, no. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm genuinely. You know, I'm being serious here. They, it is a thing for bloody no, noses. But is it an
0: actual tampon yes. or is it just loads of cotton wool that people call a tampon? No,
1: no, 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 it's an actual tampon. Yeah. Wow. I'm just thinking of how ridiculous he would look and now all I'm thinking about is how ridiculous I sound. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but the thing is, with Otamendi, he's hard enough that no one's going to challenge him on it.
1: True. I don't know. You'd laugh at him if you had a (laughs) tampon. Yeah, maybe, maybe. And a
0: swimming cap. Well, there we go. More on that game, as I said, a little bit later. Plus, Andy and the guys on OTC are going to proper dig into this whole Champions League week as well. So make sure you join them for that. Um, Also, last night, lots of Premier League action. We're going to get proper stuck into it in the second half. But let's just touch on um, Watford Palace. Palace winning at Vicarage Road. 4-1, 4 one, they absolutely thrashed Watford. Um, the war revival didn't last very long, did it? After they won last week, I was expecting them to pick up another mm. result against Palace, but they were punished in this Roy Hodgson derby, Andy. The,
2: the bit where Jean uh, Jean Philippe Mateta scores, you think, oh, they could be in trouble. Here. Mm. <laughs> you, you know, I, I love Mateta, but he's not been great at, at Palace so far. Think of them actually, Benteke. Yeah, they've, they've finished off a few strikers as well, haven't they? Yeah. Odson Ot- Edouard has uh, survived so far.
1: I would give them credit for... Um, I mean, he hasn't scored very many, but Jordan Ayoub's had a bit of a revival there.
2: Yeah. I mean, he did go, what, 35 games without scoring a goal. I know, so but he of does feeds, the hard, hard work, to my point. Yeah, that's what he does. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, well, look, he had hair before when it, when he last scored and he was balding by the time he broke his <laughs> duck. I, I mean, that's what that's what happened with Jordan Ayoub. And I say that as a fan of Jordan Ayoub. But... It, the the goals the Gallagher goals oh, and Gallagher. the se- the second Zaha goal yeah oh, I mean the, the Gallagher touch was just outrageous and you know he did he that sort so of like that the 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 almost kissing goodbye celebration of that goal simply underlines travelling Palace fans why you will not be able to pick yeah, me next exactly. season yeah. yeah
1: yeah
0: did you hear about the crowdfunding page uh, for uh, Conor Gallagher is that so, right so obviously end of the season Palace are desperate to keep hold of him so but they've think- got
1: they've got no there's no like buying clause is there
0: I don't know. I don't I don't think so. Okay. No, I don't, um, so. I don't think so. But I believe that there is a group of fans that have set up a crowdfunding page to try and keep Conor Gallagher at the club and the last time I checked it had raised 125 quid. <laughs> <laughs> Probably going to need a bit more than that.
1: To be fair, Possibly. if you've played alongside Conor Gallagher, you should be chucking money into that fund. Yeah.
0: Yeah, 100%. He's been so
1: good for like the front and back of them. The, 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 the weird thing is, And he though, was
0: missed at the weekend against Chelsea. He obviously couldn't play in that game. So yeah. he had a bit of a rest as well in between. And he was just on fire last night. You
2: see, this is the weird thing I think about Conor Gallagher, though. Because the first three months of this season, you're watching play and you're thinking, they've got no chance of keeping him. He's going back to Chelsea. But as the season goes on, he's so emphatic for Palace. And he gets so much freedom. You think, hang on. You could go back to Chelsea to start 15 games a season. To go behind Ruben Loftus-Cheek, yeah. Yeah, and you think, does he get to... Well, he obviously doesn't get to be the central part of it at Chelsea in the same way that he is at Palace. Mm. So, I don't know if it's just as the balloon gets higher, you notice it's further and further towards the ground. But I'm I'm sure he he, he has got a future at Chelsea. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I'm just starting to believe that maybe that's not the best thing for him.
1: I think a lot of Chelsea young players um, come to that realisation, hence why we had that situation a couple of seasons ago with Callum Hudson-Odoi about playing time. And I think now this is the other side of it where they get playing time elsewhere within the same league. I think of Brogure as well. yes. And wonder if they're like, yeah, actually I quite enjoy playing football in mm-hmm. in this country. Yeah, 100 you know?
0: percent Yeah, absolutely. Um, never have I ever been happier to see Wilfred Zaha on the score sheet because I brought him into my fantasy team this week. Yes, I'm ruthless. Yes, I, mean, I wanted the points.
2: Like Jules, you've been dark before. I think you crossed the line here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, don't think I think I have. you've really crossed the line here. Also, Watford looks so demoralised by the end. That's why I thought Conor Gallagher's goal was better than Zaha's second. Because whereas Zaha's second was very satisfying. There was a sense of, you know, gosport borough under tens with, yeah. with Watford towards the end of that. I mean, what I like so much about the Gallagher goal, that touch, I think it's Ooh. Hassan Camera was like it gets the Chris Paul jelly legs, doesn't he? <laughs> uh, uh, like, you know, you know, when people superimpose the twister mat under yeah, him for the yeah. memes and stuff. I know you will have done some of these. Well actually yeah. you wouldn't have got involved with that. It's not a Peep Show, right? <laughs> but uh, you know, you know, it's it was so satisfying to him. Like, whoa, yeah. what's going on here? Even the, the touch is so incredible.
1: Even the finish, you know, the side foot whipped into the top corner and it was, you know, you talked about it before about an aesthetic dive or, or it's the non-dive from Ben Foster. He's like, I can't do anything yeah, like that.
0: Not, yeah, not, yeah. I've got to leave it. I yeah. just can't. Yeah. Little yeah. white flag.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It
0: was amazing. Well, that result has really shaken things up at the bottom of the table. And we're going to be talking about that because Burnley got a huge win yesterday against Spurs. And also, we'll focus on the top of the table with Liverpool getting another win.
2: Hey, everyone.
3: Designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule, just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, hel dot ramble.
4: Have you ever wondered what happened to all those space age promises that previous generations thought we'd have by now? You know, heading out for the day on your own personal flying cars or working on a space hotel somewhere in the far reaches of our solar system. Where are all those amazing inventions? Well, we're here to find out more on my new podcast, Where's My Jetpack? I'm Sarah Kredis, space expert, TV host, and author. Join me and Luke Moore every week as we look into retrofuturistic tech that never was to decide whether it's still just science fiction or if some of these discoveries are actually a lot closer than you think. I think
2: we're very close to that happening on an even more regular basis. And what I think is interesting about that too is that's going to make the accessibility of getting to space available for more and more people. So, if you've ever wondered whether we'll one day speak to aliens light years away or you'll be flying to work on a jetpack, this is the podcast for you. Think of the car parking spaces. They need what you to be massive? you No, really the
4: wings can fold up. Well, they don't exist. No, some of the cars um, which were designed had wings which folded up.
2: Are you happy getting in a plane knowing the wings fold up? Yeah.
4: Right. I, I trust engineering. Trust the science. Search Where's My Jetpack on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Where's My Jetpack is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.
2: Oh, dear, look at these (laughs) (laughs)
3: peepers. Speaking
0: of, (laughs) wonderful stuff. Welcome back to the Football Ramble. It's Jules, Vish and Andy with you this Thursday. And now it's time for this. Showfoparamble.com
1: <laughs> ShowFupperamble.com This is the best one.
3: ShowFupperamble.com. ShowFuparamble.com. Show ShoutFupperamble.com. Shutfupperamble.com. Shutpoparamble.com
1: Is this when he got an allergic reaction? <laughs> <laughs> that was the last two.
0: Honestly, that allergic reaction a couple of weeks ago was so weird. He got swollen up in the face. Right in front of my eyes, right where you're sat, Vish, because of his dusty jumper. <laughs> <laughs> Only Pete. <laughs> oh,
1: wow. um,
0: oh, what we got, Vish?
1: I've got uh, an email from Matt Richard on the subject of footballers ordering food. I went to the Ivy in Soho for my partner's birthday, all right, and Fancy. was de- and was delighted when Sean Dye sat next to us mm-hmm. and proceeded to question the waitress as to why there was no mashed potato <laughs> on the menu. <laughs>
0: can to I, be can fair, I just say straight I do out. like a mashed potato.
2: That may be the case, Jules. Yeah. Straight, straight out, I've got Go to say, on. Matt, I don't
1: believe this.
0: You don't? I,
2: I don't believe this story.
0: Why?
1: I reckon it's tongue in cheek.
0: Sure Dutch <laughs> might like mashed potato.
1: There is a bit more. Um, to his and our delight, they asked the chef to make him a portion to which he happily roared, I love mash, when they brought it to his table. Didn't recognise the two guys with him, but they enjoyed bottles of Prosecco with their mash. And Sorry, Matt Reichard, not, um, not Matt Richard, as I... Previously stated, but yeah, I know I believe why
0: that. Don't, why, Andy, think this is a made up story, do you? I think.
1: I think, <laughs> um, think Dice is exactly the type of person who, when you're out at dinner, always has to joke, have, have a joke with the uh, with the waitstaff. You think? Yeah, he's always got to be. Yeah, I buy, yeah. buy
0: that. I buy that.
1: Right, what, what, what is this? Why you got no mash? In it? It's the <laughs> Ivy, mate. It's the Ivy.
0: <laughs> I feel like, I feel like there is mash on the Ivy menu.
1: You can. I swear, you can get. Um, with a steak, you always get the option, don't you? I
0: feel like you do, and I, I feel like they would have mash because they're one of their famous dishes is the Ivy Shepherd's Pie, which is topped right. with mash. So it shouldn't be a problem. Can also, we
1: can we cut that? One of the Ivy's specialist dishes. <laughs> 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 to a carrying Ivy Diner.
0: Oh, I do like my food. You, so is so that what, what you... would you
2: would you sit there if you refuse mash and go? I know what you do. Just cut open a shepherd's pie and <laughs> give me the goddamn the mash.
0: <laughs> Scrape the top off your fucking shepherd's pie put it on a side plate for me. <laughs> are you one of those plate.
1: people that do you, um? are you of that kind of fame where you would go to the Ivy and then you would um, message in anonymously like into Hello magazine the next week like, saw Jules Breach at the Ivy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> She's doing all right, yeah.
1: You're a dick.
0: <laughs> 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 no is the answer. <laughs> uh, one,
1: Andy.
2: We've got one here from Patrick as a Newcastle fan seeing Sunderland snatch a late draw at home to Burton Albion was rather funny. When Newcastle were relegated to the championship in 2016 we were told to enjoy Burton away and during that season a Sunderland fan claimed during an interview that If they play Burton every week, they'd be Mm. top of the championship like Newcastle were at the time. I don't really think that's how the league works, is it? (laughs) Um, Since then, Sunderland have won two of nine games against Burton and failed to beat Burton at home in five attempts. I was wondering if any of you guys know of any other attempts to wind up rival fans (laughs) that have backfired so badly. Of course, the bit that Patrick misses out is on the wonderful Netflix series, Sunderland Till I Die. They're actually relegated... From the championship <laughs> by losing at home to Burton. Oh no! So, oh, they? It? Oh, a couple really? of games before the, the end of the season. And what was the interesting thing about that is, of course, before kickoff, they all booed Darren Bent, who's mm. left under a little bit of a cloud, and uh, he scored the goal at the end oh, that the, oh, the, the, right. the, the relegated them. Love How about that? that eh?
1: Oh, I do love that. In terms of um, in terms of one-up rival fans that backfired, I do remember it wasn't a particularly like famous moment and it wasn't a particularly great goal but it's cut together really well on YouTube Um, it's one of the the guy who looks like a pirate on Arsenal Fan TV
4: Um,
1: (laughs) and he's he's, the bit is like oh whose name is Harry Kane and he's um, basically talking about how no one knows who Harry Kane is and then the next okay. game, Harry Kane scores a brace Amazing at White Hart Lane. You know, the one where he, he, he cuts in at like a really acute angle and bends it into the far corner off the post.
2: Oh, and he's loving it so much. He does that sort of modified all over the place knee skid. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's and the camera,
1: the camera goes to the Arsenal fans. And the guy who said whose name is Harry Kane is front row. Really? Yeah, it's, and it's cut together so well on YouTube. It's Love only about like 10 that. seconds long, but it's brilliant. That's inter-
0: actually quite amazing. I'm going to try to find that.
1: Yeah, same. I'm
2: interested that there's a piratical presence on um, <laughs> Arsenal fan TV. So I did so that have to, was a word.
1: have to piratical. tune in. Have you, just made that, have you just made that up? No. That's what they do on OTC. They just make up make stuff. Make up words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sound oh, extra clever. Have you seen what happened in Hungary? Ooh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I'm loving your fashion today of one headphone on.
1: Really?
2: You, I always I always do that. Do you
0: only ever have one ear?
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah do you think yeah, you're right. a DJ all the time? You're
0: like the <laughs> <laughs> you're pirate of headphones. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, let's talk a bit more about Last night's football in the Premier League this time. We talked before the break about that defeat for Watford uh, against Crystal Palace. And now it means that between the bottom seven teams in the Premier League, there are just seven points separating them from Brentford down to Norwich at the bottom, Watford second bottom and Burnley, who have now picked up two wins back-to-back against Brighton and Tottenham last night. They beat Spurs by a goal to nil at Turf Moor and now 2.0. Points from safety and they have a game in hand on Newcastle above them and two games in hand on the two teams below them in the table, which is quite something. They've really put together um, this decent run, which I think, well, I don't know if many people were expecting the result against Brighton at the weekend. And then this one against Spurs last night was most definitely a shock off the back of Tottenham beating Man City at the weekend. And because of it, Afterwards, there was a very interesting interview with Antonio Conte, which I think is really the biggest talking point out of this game. He said that the club should now assess his future after last night's defeat. I'm going to read you the quote and then we can talk about this. He says, I came here to help the club and if the problem could be the coach, then I'm ready to go. No problem. I'm giving 20 hours a day to Tottenham and the other four hours I sleep. But it's not enough. To take my salary, it is not right in this moment. What did you make of it, Vish? Burnley have sent him over the edge.
1: Yeah, it's staggering really, isn't it? But I I think, I I do wonder, like, you know, you listen to Spurs fans talk and you have Mason, you know, in that same chair that you're sitting in there. And it does seem quite stressful being a Spurs fan. Um, I certainly find as a neutral. They're quite um, infuriating to watch. They basically have a manager who's very emotional who is now part of the system and like heading this, uh, this organization, perhaps it's only normal that three days after saying he had the best players he's ever worked with is now wondering if he wants to do the job. It's remarkable though. And I, I think I don't really know how to take this. And Andy, you, you have a better gauge on Conte as a personality because part of me thinks it might be a play in front of the cameras to, with regards to his own players who are like, shit, this guy's really trying. We, didn't mean to let you down. You know, I watched this game yesterday on um, on my laptop, so I had trash coming out of both screens. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was, um, you know, Spurs, Spurs and Burnley both tried to play, to their credit, in the first half, but it was like pissing it down with rain.
2: Do you think the weather was worse at this game than when it was originally called off?
0: Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. That was a snow day, wasn't it? Yeah. When
1: the cameras were panning, when the, when the cameras on the sideline were being used, they were just covered in rain. And you know they were being cleaned regularly, but yeah, yeah they just couldn't... Hold up. And Spurs were definitely the more intense for the first like 25 minutes of that. Harry second Kane hit half. the bar,
0: didn't he? Or the post. With a header,
1: yeah. yeah um, I but, think but they, they didn't really terrible. Yeah, they were I I nor did I. They just didn't really create anything clear cut and then obviously Burnley score. So I I'm kind of I'm at a loss to think I know he wanted more creativity, but they they were definitely trying and they definitely had the better quality on the ball. So I I don't really know how seriously to take what he said, even though you know, if you watch the video of the, of the quotes that you've just read out, like he's pretty intense. But oh, he looks
0: serious about yeah. it, doesn't he? He looks it, like he means he's, it. He's an
2: intense bloke. I mean, I mean that, that is him. I think the other things we have, firstly, as an example of that intensity, something that uh, Nikki Bandini's talked about on OTC before, is that wonderful story of like towards the end of his first season at Juventus, their unbeaten season. Bear in mind, they finished seventh before, they win the league unbeaten in Conte's first season and just before the final game of the season where they're getting ready to complete that unbeaten league season, Gigi Buffon goes up to Conte and says, "Um, yeah, boss, um, obviously we've had a great season. I wondered if we could talk to you about the the bonuses. And he he reputedly (laughs) turns around to Buffon you know, one of the greatest goalkeepers in the history of the game. He goes, every time you open your mouth, you're a disappointment to me. <laughs> 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 Which is amazing. But, but that's that's Conte. Dad, all, is that you? All, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's Conte all over. And I think as well, the other thing you have to consider, as well as the fact that he feels it all very intensely, and you can see that on the touchline at all times, is the fact that how many times in his career has he lost four games out of five?
1: Yeah, three times, I think.
2: It's rare. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really rare. And like, bear in mind, you know, Ju- Juventus, for example, never lost at home. He's just can't come off a Scudetto winning season with Inter. He's in a very different situation with Spurs, which has got to be a bit of a head fuck, actually. That, that, to not be in a position where you can make the team challenge for the league almost immediately. And he moved mountains to do that at Inter. Yeah. In the Premier League and at Tottenham, it is simply not possible. I said when he got it that like him getting in the top four with Tottenham would be like the equivalent of, of that really. And I think it it must be so hard to to get past that. And I think it is the result really. It is the result rather than the performance. Because I think if they they win that one nil, which is not an uninvisible situation. Yeah in what actually happened in the game. They could have easily won that 1-0 instead of lost it 1-0. It's a completely different feeling. But as well, I think that feeling of going to Burnley on a horrible Wednesday night yeah. and losing yeah. is the ultimate come down from Manchester City. You talked about the the hangover effect, didn't you? I yeah. mean, this yeah. was two bottles of tequila sort of business, wasn't it? Yeah,
1: I, like, I think I attributed like a few different hangover things to, um, yes. to different players. And I think Ben Mee's goal was the... You know the photo, on, photo on Instagram that you had no idea. <laughs> 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 Very good.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree with you guys. I think that um, we know Antonio Conte is an incredibly emotional character. He wears his heart on his sleeve. You always know what he's feeling, and he's always pretty upfront. Um, I wasn't expecting that interview off the back of what happened at the weekend, though. It's such an extreme, isn't it's, it? it? It's, it's yeah. one extreme. To the other. And yes, it is four league defeats out of five. But he has and he does have such high standards, Andy. And that and yeah. that's the thing. That's why he's reacting in this way. You're probably expecting off the back of one of the best wins of the season that we'll see all season from any team mm. against Manchester City at the weekend, and one of the best performances of your leading striker with Harry Kane with an incredible performance from the weekend, you're expecting to back that up with then maybe a run of wins or a run of, of decent results and mm. not actually going to Burnley a few days later, four days later, and losing 1-0. So I, I completely understand the outburst. Um, I, want, I Part of me is wondering whether, since he's arrived and sort of been able to see in the flesh when he's on the sidelines just how good Liverpool Man City and to some degree Chelsea have been at times mm. this season. It's been a bit of a wake up call of actually how big this job is at Tottenham, and maybe that is why he's giving these really incredibly emotional and almost over honest interviews. Totally,
2: and like one result is one result, even if it's a brilliant result and performance uh, at, at Manchester City. Mm. I mean, we've seen Palace go there and yeah. win Manchester City. Are you are you the Tottenham that you want to be, or are you heading towards being the Tottenham you want to be, or are you Palace? Mm. I, I guess is the question. And yeah. no disrespect to Palace, but obviously Tottenham are aiming a little bit higher than that. I think the other thing in terms of his reaction, if you lost four out of five in Italy, you would expect to get the push. Yeah. You know, that, really? that, okay. that, that, is, yeah. that is the other thing. You know, you're talking about a culture in which...
0: Especially to the teams they've lost to.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the performances, especially in the first half of that run, were dire. Mm. Like, so bad. Like yeah. against Wolves, for example, where they looked... Absolutely clueless, especially in the in in the first half of that game.
0: Yeah, bit of credit has to be given to Burnley though, a because lot. um, look, as I mentioned at the start when we were talking about this game, is they've now got back to back wins for the first time in thirteen months. They're now two points off Newcastle with that game in hand, two games in hand on the teams below them. Um, they've got Valt horse now, and I know he didn't score last night, but he looks a handful. Um, they, I feel like they're all kind of playing their part at the moment, and it seems as though. Well, when you're down there and, and you know, all the ex-pros you talk about that have been involved in relegation battles, they say momentum is the biggest thing when you're down at the bottom of the table. Because if you start putting a run of results together before you know it, you're completely out of it and you've sucked loads of other teams into it. Um, and I would like to give Brighton a bit of credit for allowing Burnley to go on this run. If you ever need a victory when you least expect it. Dr. Brighton can be there for you. (laughs) If you haven't won away all season, come to Brighton, you'll get a result. So there you go, Burnley. Um, Yeah, so congrats to them. Um, And because of that result for them and Liverpool thrashing Leeds 6-0 last night, and it could have been more, um, Leeds have proper been dragged into this. Um, They're they're now proper in the mixer, as are Brentford, I think, who are on a terrible run, their worst run of the season as well. I think that... As we get closer to the end of the season, what are there? Something like 14 or so games left for some teams?
1: Yeah, between 14, yeah, 13, 12 games for some, 12 games for Brentford. Yeah, Yeah. there's still so
0: much to play for. Um, Let's now go to the top of the table, though, because Liverpool are now three points off Man City at the top. I mean, literally two weeks ago, we were all like, yeah, City have won it.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. But literally two weeks ago, City had won it. And also, like, oh, okay, so now the relegation battle's hotting up, and because Norwich are out of the relegation zone, yeah. no, no one for all that, and it's it's just been a remarkable turnaround. The the Liverpool performance yesterday was
4: ruthless. pretty predictable
1: mm. and ruthless. Yeah, I mean, you know, Joel Matip getting on the on the score sheet was was quite funny. Andy, did he remind you of um, just because of stride from the back? Did he remind you of like a prime era Lucio? Nice. Mm-hmm. That's I what like I thought. It. Like three strides to get from one side of the pitch <laughs> yeah. to the other.
2: Yeah, it was. I mean, Leeds did feel as if they were ripe for that sort of feasting. They, yeah. were, they were, Especially but,
1: the way they can see, you know, the first goal from a penalty handball, you're like, right, okay, this is done.
2: If you're talking about Lucio, yeah. they, were, they were Costa Rica in the World Cup. <laughs> right. But, okay. Basically, that's, that's where they were. Leeds look so short of confidence at they the did. moment. I, I, I never before believed that it would be possible for Bielsa to go before the end of the season. I just had the first feeling that like, not that it's definitely going to happen, but maybe it's possible. I mean, it's different. It feels as if there's been a sea change in the way that we talk about Bielsa under Leeds over the last few weeks. And of course, Jesse Marsh was asked on American TV, wasn't he, this Mm -hmm. week, whether he would consider it any kind of, laughed it off in the way that made me think, yes, he's You're definitely, definitely interested. <laughs> yeah, um, But the, the fact that, you know, maybe Leeds and Bielsa are mutually coming to this conclusion, as I've said before, that, you know, maybe it's time. I, 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 that that feels like something quite big to, in, to me.
0: Interestingly, in contrast to Antonio Conte, we've just been talking about Marcelo Bielsa is the opposite. You never get emotion in any of his interviews. Rarely do you really see that he's starting to crack. I think,
1: but you hear it though, don't you? Do you think, or rather, you read it in his words because I don't yeah, I, I don't know
0: if you. <laughs> I don't know if you do so much. I feel like he's always fairly. He keeps his sort of cards close to his chest.
1: But he always puts it on himself, doesn't he? Mm. He always says, I should have done this better. I should have brought them on sooner. I shouldn't have made that change. I think he... I, I said it before on the show that because of the nature of how he's left clubs in the past, mm. it does seem to me that he gets to a point where he's like... He, he thinks... Not realises. He thinks he's the problem. And then thinks for the benefit of everyone, he needs to pull himself out of that situation. And it does seem a bit now, like some of the words and the way he talks about you know, these defeats and the things he feels he gets wrong and the way he articulates that.
2: You think, think... he should have given Conte's speech?
1: You Well, you mentioned that before we <clears> came in here and I, that, that's, yeah, maybe. Although uh, he kind of
2: does, doesn't he? Maybe he can have Conte as his interpreter. I, I don't want to <laughs> put his interpreter out of a job because no, I, I it, love it, his interpreter. You happens
0: to him if, if Bielsa oh,
2: Let's not think about that. It's too oh. distressing. Oh,
0: but yeah, I, I think
2: if, that, if they, maybe that would be... Should we get be... him on
0: the ramble?
1: Yeah.
2: yeah, does Jesse March speak English?
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Fuck's sake! <laughs> what, what we're
2: talking about in future rambles, I could speak Spanish and be Elsa's interpreter. Could, yeah, let's get him yeah. On. yeah. Let's that that him would be on. that would be good. I would like that. <laughs> the
1: um the, the other thing about um I suppose it's not so much Leeds, but it's probably more Burnley. You know, we talked like a month ago about these game in hands being can't guarantee them as wins, and uh, you know, you'd rather have points on the board. One of the things I've noticed from Burnley, which is unlike the teams around them, is that because they've got the games in hand, they know what they need to do. I think a lot of these teams are in this position, such as Leeds, such as Brentford, because they've slept, walk in, and thought, "Shit, there's only twelve, thirteen games left, and yeah. we're we're in complete disarray here." Whereas yeah. Burnley, I don't know that they would have done much different, you know, yesterday against Spurs, and you know, had this game been played when it was supposed to be played. But you do get a sense that there there's a bit more focus in their minds about like, right. This is the g- this is where they are. We can get within them by this many points with a game in hand after this, we can be a bit more attacking in that way. And it does, it really, something about them over the last week or so seems a bit, there seems a lot more clarity around Burnley, whereas before it seemed a bit like, shit, how, do we, how do we change this? Yeah, I,
2: I, do, I do agree. It's, it's interesting because we've talked like for ages, about the fact that the bottom six are all not very good without us really thinking that there was going to be a consequence for that. Like, I think if you went back three weeks and asked all of us, we'd probably pretty much say the same bottom three. Mm -hmm. Whereas now, you can envisage a point, say if Leeds were to finish bottom or Brent, even Brentford were to finish bottom, it's, it's not totally off the table, is it? No.
0: no. Right, it is time for us to go. There is lots more to look forward to in terms of football tonight. Arsenal host Wolves. Um, remember when Arsenal beat Wolves a couple of weeks ago? Well, it was actually only a week ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, they <laughs> laughed at Arsenal celebrating like they won the league. So a bit of a rematch of that one. Um, you're heading up to Glasgow now, aren't you? I am indeed, yeah. How are you feeling about it? Should be a good game tonight. <laughs> Dortmund, Rangers, I mean, can, can they? Is Haaland back?
1: No, Haaland's not playing, but, but they de- I think they definitely can. I've heard he's not coming because he doesn't like you. Oh, that's fair enough. Oh, you... no. He won't come to United, will really. he? Who... As if he was ever going to do that. <laughs> Who are
0: you more scared of, me or Haaland? In a fight.
1: He could kick me further, <laughs> but I think you could... You know, inflicts more psychological damage. <laughs>
0: Good answer. Um, also, later on this evening, Celtic travelled to the Arctic Circle to face Bodo Glimpse in the Europa Conference League. Um, so, uh, and also Leicester travelled to Randers. I saw. Um, or well, how do you say it? Ron, Ronders, Ron- Ronders. That Why you say it? It like, Why
1: you say that? Like, why are you saying that like you're ordering in the Ivy? <laughs> <laughs> Ronders.
0: No, do, is that how you say it? Ronders. You don't pronounce the D, do you? (laughs) You (laughs) (laughs)
1: You don't just... You're still pronouncing the D, you're just saying it quietly. (laughs) 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 How do you pronounce it then? You've been in my head. I think it's just Randers. Oh, right. Archie Ryan Tuck.
0: Yeah, he said on his thing yesterday, he did a preview of it. He, he seems he
1: was... like a lovely man. He's by the amazing. Yeah, I he's love great. Archie. He's, he's the, he's apparently, there's a big slide brilliant. next yeah, to the ground. Yeah, there's a big
0: water slide outside the ground. Go and watch Archie's video on, yes, on Twitter. I've it's seen brilliant. It. And uh, he's he's actually filming on the slide later. So if you want to watch it, it's going to be on BT Sport. Um, but yeah, he said that you don't pronounce the D. Ranners.
2: Ranners. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs>
0: Right, on that note, <laughs> more um, great European stuff on OTC proper stuff, yes. not, not me pronouncing Rana's wrong, um, with Andy and the rest of the team. They're going to dig through all of the rest of this Champions League week and also some good stuff on Jose Mourinho and how he's still seen as a bit of a god at Roma at the moment. So uh, make sure you listen to that. Thanks for listening to us on the Football Ramble, part of the Acast Creator Network. We will see you tomorrow. Marcus, Pete and Jim are here. Enjoy!
3: The Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the Acast cast Creator Network.
0: Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage.